You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. The term karma is used commonly in many different ways. Is karma a good thing? A bad thing? Is there somebody keeping a record? Or is it just something we have no control over, so it really doesn't matter? Dr. Nader shares with us what we can learn from karma, its purpose, and the role it plays throughout our life. How Karma Works is the third Facebook livestream event hosted by Dr. Tony Nader. Hello, Happy New Year. It's wonderful to be with everyone at the beginning of this year, wishing everyone happiness, fullness, progress and prosperity and perfect health in every way and a karma that is always great and beautiful. So today's topic about karma and I thought to start with actually a joke. This is <laughs> unusual, but it will help us to understand some of the effects of karma, some of the ideas people have about karma, and some of the exaggerations also that will be in the uh, joke also. So there was a boy, and the boy had a stick and in a village, and he was caring for some cows, and suddenly he was beating the cow with his stick and he was beating it and in this village they believed in karma and they believed in reincarnation also. For those who don't know, reincarnation means that uh, even when you leave the body, which means one dies, you come back in the next life and in the next life and the next life until you purify your body from stresses and strains and you remove your karma and you work out your way towards enlightenment and purity and then reach a heavenly life. So this village believed in reincarnation and in karma, of course, and the boy was beating this cow and then a man comes through and he sees that and he wants to teach the boy a lesson. So he tells him, hey, come on, now uh, you know what you're doing? You're beating this cow next life you're gonna come back as a cow and the cow will come back as a boy and this boy in next life will be beating you because this is your karma and the clever boy says uh, thinks about it for a second he says no no this is next life <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's a nice joke it makes a laugh because mainly it's an exaggeration of course, uh, if the boy is beating the cow, uh, the price of that doesn't have to be to come back in a whole next life as a cow and be beaten. So what is karma? How does it work? How do we work our way around it? What are things that have been misconceptions about it, misunderstandings, and how we can put this in a complete framework? Karma as a word is from Sanskrit and it means action. So karma is action. In fact, it could be great action, good action. Uh, that is, we say, good karma. And it could be bad action, which means bad karma. In fact, there is in yoga, there is a whole yoga approach which is based on karma. And that's called karma yoga. 
now we're familiar with yoga as an exercise program for in generally stretching the body and, and unifying it in many ways. The term yoga means unification and ultimately this process of evolution uh, guides us to become one with nature, one with the absolute, one with ourself, one with everybody else and experience that wholeness, that oneness in our life. So that is yoga. And to attain that, you can do it through some exercises. It helps the body balance itself. It removes tensions and stresses and balances mind and body. But it can also be done through action. So you act uh, in a right way. You produce good karma, which means good action. And by that, you get strengthened and you get positive things and life helps you. You get good results. So that is karma yoga. Of course, we know there is raja yoga, there is bhakti yoga. There are different kinds of yoga and we have transcendental meditation, which is a direct yoga, direct unification. Now, karma has a very important influence on our life because nature is like that. It's a law of nature. It's a law of life that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And we know this from physics, you know, if you hit your hand against a wall intentionally or not, you feel pain. That is because the wall reacts to you and whatever force you have put to the wall, it comes back to you and in this case it might hurt you. Now, of course, you don't have to come back in next life as a wall and the wall has to come back as yourself and hit you. So it doesn't work like this. It could, uh, in some very rare situations, work like this. But it's an action that is produced in life, in nature, in reality, and it gets its own reaction. So based on the quality of the action, then there will be a quality of reaction. Now, if you do an action today, in certain circumstances, it might take time to get its results in you feeling it and experiencing it. And the reasons for this are many. Some of them include the fact that you have already done actions in the past and they actually mix up and come together to create a whole resultant effect. For example, if you plant a tree which is a mango tree, or a banana or a apple tree, you put the seed in the ground. The nature of things are that ultimately it will take time for this seed to grow, become a tree and give you a mango or an apple. Now, if you plant a mango tree, you will be getting mangoes. And if you plant an apple tree, you will be getting an apple. This is also an action and reaction principle. Nature reacts to something you have done and it leads to a certain result. So let's say you plant a tree and then you forgot about it, uh, but you know, somehow nature takes care of it. And then one day you pass by, you even forgot that you planted the tree and you wanted to eat apples, but you planted a mango. So in this case, you will find that at this time, uh, when you are wanting to eat and you're hungry and you find yourself in front of this tree, 
it is the mango that you'll have to eat, not the apple, because you planted that tree and that comes to you. So your actions of the past influence what happens in the future depending on a number of factors, which include your action, it includes your state of enlightenment, of awareness, your purity of consciousness, we'll talk about this. It also includes factors from the environment in terms of how soon the result will come and your actions, all of them, in a cumulative way. So that if you had done something, let's say, that is not right, that is uh, hurtful to somebody, but let's say afterwards, uh, before the reaction comes, you have done something nice to them, you've hurt somebody, but before they get angry and they hurt you, you send them some flowers or you send a letter of apology, then you have negated this karma of having done something wrong, something hurtful, and you have negated it by a positive thing. So it is possible to buy back one's karma by having a new karma. Now, this gets complicated because so many things we do, so many things happen, and so many things have happened in our past, and if you believe in reincarnation, which is, you know, that something happens in your past life and you, you are reborn again, then these are the kinds of things that come to you. Now, why we're born in a certain place, in a certain family? That's because karma, it is explained, that we share something, we share something with our environment, we share something with our friends, we share something with our nationality and all of that, and therefore, in life, we come uh, with certain, we can call it baggage of things. We come with a certain set of things that influence our life and that are acquired, that are whatever they are. If you don't believe in reincarnation, okay, this is the genetic inheritance and these are the circumstances. So we are born with certain circumstances and these circumstances, we can call them our basic actions, our basic reactions, our basic baggage that we're coming with, and we have to work through it. This is how it is, whatever the reasons are. Now, in all these old, ancient, and very profound uh, literature of knowledge, karma is considered unfathomable. So it is not always possible to figure out why something happens with you. But one can actually figure out what one can do today. And that is where it becomes very important how to deal with karma. Before we get to that, also I want to emphasize that an action at its own level is not only the physical action that we do. It is also the mental situation in which we are the feelings with which we do the action, the intentions, the purpose. So all of these color our awareness. Even though action itself is very specific and it leads to a specific reaction, but how we live through the experience is also very important. Suppose you're driving on the street and uh, it's night and you're driving safely and a little cat comes and jumps and it gets, uh, you know, hurt or something. So that is an action. It has a reaction. 
uh, it will annoy you, you'll be upset, uh, you might get a small karma out of it. But it's very different from somebody intentionally driving with malice and wanting to hurt a cat. And that means they have lived on the level of consciousness, two different experiences, even though on the physical level, these two experiences might be the same, driving a car, hitting a cat on the street. But one has lived it as an experience that is unexpected, and the other has lived it as an intentional harm experience. And since everything ultimately is registered in our awareness, in our consciousness, then the way you live the experience, the way you experience the thing, is what leaves an impact on you. And you might ask, where is this karma actually registered, you know? Is there somebody keeping a record? And we can say, yes, it's in nature, but ultimately it is in yourself. It's your consciousness that keeps a record of every good thing you do <laughs> and every bad thing you do. And that you have to kind of, when the time comes, when consciousness evolves or when consciousness reaches a certain point, you face these good things that you have done or these bad things that you have done. They are registered in your nervous system. And they can be, you know, part of what we call stress on the nervous system and strain on the nervous system. Now, having said this, Intention is not good enough, you know. You cannot go ahead and do something even with the best intention and that thing would be like harmful to society or harmful to people. So even with intention, uh, you know, it helps, of course, it uh, reduces the effect, but some people do horrible things with what they think is amazing, great intention. We've seen horrible things, you know, like in terrorism and all of that, where people think they're working for God and they have this amazing, you know, uh, devotion to God that they're willing to die and kill for God. And therefore, is it enough because they have a right intention or fantastic intention that they can do this? Obviously not. It's very horrible and because they are destroying life and living through that experience is going to damage their consciousness very deeply. So to have good intention is not good enough, but a good intention is helpful and sometimes helps in reducing the impact of one's karma. So if intention is not good enough, also, ignorance is no excuse. You know, you can drive up in the traffic and go uh, driving in a one-way street, but against the traffic, and uh, the police uh, comes and they give you a ticket, and you say, I didn't know, I didn't know it was like that. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you have to get the ticket. So, the action ultimately predominates in terms of these things. Of course, intention, knowledge, how you live the experience, are also important in managing this situation. Now, if you live with somebody, you become friends with somebody who has a set of karma, that means you are also sharing to some extent the situation. Now, you might say that it's already your karma that you have ended up with a person who has bad karma or good karma. That is also understandable because there are laws and we follow the laws of nature. And therefore you ended up there somehow uh, because of some karma. 
but you have also the choice. So it is very important that when we are in certain places, uh, we uh, meet with certain things, that we always think to have that which is healthy, that which is good, that which is positive. And that brings us to the idea or the main questions, how to handle karma. We have accumulated for unfathomable reasons some karmas, and now we want to see what to do with it. Can we just burn it off and get rid of it and make it fly away? It's not possible to make it fly away just like that, but it is possible to mitigate it and balance it and reduce it and buy it back in a sense. And for this we have an example that we use and that is if you take a loan from the bank and uh, sometimes goes and you have to pay interest and loan and all of that and suppose you did poorly and you didn't invest it well and now the time has come to pay the loan and you come and you find yourself uh, not so wealthy, poor and the loan will feel horrible if it's like say ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars or euros or pounds or whatever, rupees. Rupees is not so much. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay it. So you have to pay that loan. There is no way out. Uh, but suppose you have become really wealthy. You have invested it well. And you have grown so wealthy, so huge, that you're now a billionaire multi-billionaire in rupees, um, multi-millionaire in pounds or whatever, in dollars and, and <laughs> euros and all of that. And uh, now the loan has to be paid, 1,000, 10,000, for a billionaire, 100,000. The billionaire doesn't have to know even, she doesn't have to think that she has to pay it. It's her secretary that pays it and it gets done without feeling it. So it's the same loan, it's the same karma, as an example, it's the same situation, but the payback is much more easy and sometimes not even uh, noticeable because your secretary pays it. Now, what does it mean in terms of karma? Since we said everything is on the level of consciousness, every payment is on the level of consciousness because the pain you feel from the experience of a karma coming back to you is on the level of consciousness. If you were not conscious, you were a zombie or you're in coma, who cares? <laughs> I mean, you don't feel anything. If they pinch you even, you don't feel it. But you're in coma, so you're not existing there. So it's all a question of awareness, a question of consciousness. Karma gets paid on the level of consciousness. The outside makes you pay on a surface level, it's a bank loan or it's a disease or it's a pain or it's a problem and all of that. It's the outside value. It's how you live it, how you live through it that makes, of course, all the difference. How your consciousness experiences and lives through that situation is what makes a difference. So uh, if you were to improve your consciousness, to increase your awareness, and there is a way to do it, this is why transcendental meditation is so important and so powerful, is that it helps us to go back to the self. We were on the surface level like a little thing being tossed around by situations and circumstances and with transcendental meditation we dive deep into ourself and experience our deep being 
and reach that level of consciousness which is unbounded pure being, pure consciousness. On that level, the experience, whatever it is, you know, simple things that can happen, uh, they are uh, very, very easy to live through and they are very easy to get over and we are actually having greater intelligence, greater capacity to deal with them, greater capacity to handle them, and therefore even on that level of creating a karma that is against or a, that is opposed to a negative karma is much easier for us to handle. So if the boy, for example, who was beating the cow was taking care of good cows or was beating the cow because it was not acting properly or whatever that is, then he can revert his karma, doesn't have to be so huge in terms of coming back a whole entire life to become a cow, so just because he was beating the cow. That's why actually this is a joke. And therefore, we have to take it in proper proportion. What do we do in general? Rest well, don't make decisions when you are tired, when you are stressed, eat properly, live a life of balance, transcend, remove the stresses from the nervous system. And here also it's very important because when you are deeper in your awareness, your thoughts become very powerful. And therefore even a thought can balance a karma. Even a thought can adjust a karma if it is on a deep level. Now when we do practice transcendental meditation together and vast programs and all of this, what we're doing is actually improving society, we're improving collective consciousness. And that is a huge good karma. And that huge good karma is going to balance a lot of negative karma. So whereas the action and reaction are always there, we can buy our karma, we can uh, change it, we can adjust it, not because we remove it from existence, it will not be removed until we create an effect that is balancing it. But this effect doesn't have to be on the surface level, it can be also on the level of consciousness, if consciousness is very deep and able to project something from this deep level. So we meditate, we rest, we enjoy higher states of consciousness and we burn our karma and live a life in great happiness. I think I have a question here. I felt it coming on the side. <laughs> so this is from Nicholas Jones. Is every curse a blessing in disguise? It's a very, very deep question. Uh, every curse means every situation that we are facing. We face a problem. Is it possible that we can make the best out of it? Yes, absolutely. It might be our karma, it's a situation that nature is putting us through for whatever reason in order to work something out and if we know how to handle it and if we have our consciousness clear and profound and alert then we can really make the best out of it and make it a step for evolution. So every situation can be used for a better life and to learn from it and overcome the difficulties. Elaine Greenwood is asking if karma uh, is carried over from other lives, 
which is the situation of reincarnation and the story of the boy and the and the cow yes it is yes it is because we are responsible for what we do and until we clear up all our karmas uh, we still have to work through it that's the law of nature so we do come back if we're all here it means we all have had some kind of karma <laughs> to work through and we work it through and that's how it works so Anna Maria uh, this is who decides when the wheel of karma stops so the wheel of karma stops when one has transcended and gotten on the level of freedom from karma freedom from action and that is when one has realized one's own true self as being the infinite absolute pure consciousness pure being and that is our reality in fact when we live in this changing field of karma and all that we're living in the non-true reality of who we are through transcendental meditation we dive into ourselves, experience our inner being and know it to be absolute pure consciousness pure being and establish that and we have a term for it we say cosmic consciousness and when we are established in that situation we are liberated we are free from the effects of karma and uh, because we have transcended it might be still that some karma comes to our body or something happens but on the level of our consciousness we are free from that it is really like karma can be different for different flexibilities of the nervous system you know it's like making a line in the stone if you make a strong line in the stone it will take time to remove and will stay there if your nervous system is very flexible and you're advanced and on the level of your being and your thought you can negate the karma then it will become like a line in the sand you make a line in the sand it stays there but it can go after a while and much faster than in the stone if you are very advanced it becomes like a line in the water which means as soon as you make it you almost see it and then it goes away and then when one is enlightened one is always acting and the line will be like a line in the air which means you don't even see it it goes away now this doesn't mean that if you're enlightened you can do anything you want because actually when you're enlightened you are acting in tune with natural law and therefore naturally your actions are progressing progressive in terms of evolution of growth and therefore this is how the wheel of karma stops it stops when we have reached a state where we are beyond karma and we have taken care of our karma from within and as much as possible on the outside so here we have Elisha Ray if I don't stop someone I see doing bad in my presence am I responsible for that bad karma now you're not responsible for the bad karma as such but you are experiencing on your level of consciousness something that will damage your feelings and therefore you will get some effects from it now if you're not able to stop that bad thing it's not 
you know, you put yourself in danger or you get yourself into a, a situation which gives you a problem, then you cannot do it and that's what it is. But if you know somebody is doing something wrong, absolutely, you should tell them to abstain. And this is very important for all of us even. If you have doubts about a situation, you have doubts of what to do, in doubt, abstain. When in doubt, abstain. Just don't go, don't do it, stay out of it. And if you can help others, that to the contrary, you will reap good karma, good positivity. And therefore, you will be able to have a good effect from saying to somebody who is going to do something wrong, you say, don't do it, just don't do it and explain to them. And if you can stop them, that is really a good karma. And good karma is as powerful as any karma, bad or whatever it is, and also gives you a momentum for your own strengths and for your own evolution. Surya is asking, is there karma for uncontrolled bad thoughts uh, and how can one deal with that and get it all correct? So bad thoughts that happen during activity, we can call them like stress release. If you are s releasing stress and you're feeling bad, don't worry too much about it. Uh, the body is releasing stress as long as you realize, okay, there are bad thoughts. I am what I am. I'm unstressing. I have something in my nervous system that is upset and I have bad thoughts. That means your mind is on a surface level. In this case, your thoughts are not so powerful anyway. They are on the surface and therefore their effect is very, very limited. And therefore you cannot have a bad karma from just tossing around on the surface of the ocean. So if the mind is like an ocean, you're on the surface and on the surface it's very mild. The effect is very limited. It's when you are deep and deeper and deeper that your thoughts are more powerful. But from that level, usually the thought is more positive anyway. Because the more you're aligned with your inner self, with the unified field within you, with pure being, the more you are in tune with natural law. And from that level, you can have positive thoughts that can help to balance any, anything. Now, if thoughts come when you are diving during meditation and they are negative, then you realize they are stress release and so they have no effect. They just a puff of, of fume or whatever and it goes away. So we don't worry about that. Sherry Sunny, I think. Can one's karma have impact on your children? Just because you are your children, uh, it's already a karma. <laughs> they have to deal with you and you have to deal with them. And so that's where it is, you know. It's not like you pass your bad karma necessarily on them. Uh, you know, if you love them and you care for them and you give them uh, ways to grow and improve, then you can transcend. But naturally, we share the karma in which we are. So when you are in a family, if some there is a problem, then the problem affects us, we feel it. And somehow we would have already uh, been part of it one way or the other. So that's how it works. But the good thing is there is a way to get over karma. There is a way to get rid of karma. So we shouldn't feel like we're grabbed by it. 
And the way is ultimately to transcend, to transcend, to go back to the self, to purify ourselves, to become the billionaire who can pay the loans without a problem and to experience things from a high level of consciousness that is able to handle all these things and situation and ability also to help others such as of course the intimate people that we have around us particularly our friends and certainly our relatives and our children. So Alice Chen is asking what is your view on fate and determinism given existence and laws of karma? Do we have free will? Yes, we have free will. Life is based on free will. There is no question. Now, there is always a karma. And we can say it in a simple way. The free will of today is the karma of tomorrow. What you do today, what you choose today, is going to impact or influence what happens to you tomorrow. So you do have a free will. But you accumulate on your free will. You accumulate and you keep accumulating good and bad and right and wrong and wonderful things that give you support of nature and chance to evolve and all of that. And so in our life, we act and think properly. We improve ourselves. And this is how we can uh, use our free will to get over uh, the karma and even the laws of nature that have a window for flexibility in terms of potentials in every situation to make choices. So we do have freedom and with this freedom, if we use it well, we can improve our life and get over what is deterministic. So determinism is also the result of our own doing one way or the other. Randomness can still happen and this is where higher consciousness is important so that we can block and manage any situation that comes with increased awareness, increased knowledge. So if you know a car is driving down the street at a fast rate because you see it or because you hear the noise and you are alert, then this knowledge make you protect yourself. So that is awareness. If you're not aware you're drunk or you're uh, feeling bad or whatever, something and your eyes are closed and you know then you might get hurt because you might not even hear the car coming you might not see it you might fall in the street or anything can happen so we can really face a situation with higher awareness whatever it is whether it's the laws of the environment and our own karma and the past and whatever it is we can overcome it that's the beauty of life and living. That's the beauty of the ability to be a master of our own destiny and change things in the right direction. And anyone can do it, no matter in what situation they are. Life is there to evolve and to be happy and to be blissful. That's the purpose of living, is to experience higher and higher values of reality and therefore it's a game we play. If we fall sometimes, we learn and move on. But we can learn more from being great ourselves and being powerful from within and having clarity in thinking and therefore in action and therefore in achievement. And ultimately, this is what brings us fulfillment. So this is Troy Collins is asking, 
do world leaders have to deal with their karma? Yes, they do. Of course they do. And somehow their karma made them the leaders in the sense that they represent the collective consciousness of society. So they have these two aspects to them. They have their own responsibility, which is very huge. And they have also the necessity to respond to the karma of the people they lead. And therefore they cannot ultimately give the people accept what they deserve. And that is part of karma. You know, you cannot have a leader who can hurt you if you don't somehow find yourself in a karmic situation that is like this. So what do you do? You raise your consciousness, you improve yourself, and your leader will change naturally, either the same leader or that leader will go, another leader will come that would be able to have more awareness and more consciousness. That is the responsibility that we have. And that's why we encourage and insist to create groups of people who practice transcendental meditation and the advanced techniques, because we have shown that the collective consciousness is improved when a group practices these techniques. Therefore, it's not only individually that you go back to yourself, but you do it even as a group and you raise the collective consciousness of your society, which means raise the deserving ability, raise the coherence, raise the strength, the balance in society. And then the leaders will find suddenly, oh, they make good decisions and they think correctly. So that is also an important factor in responsibility, rather than just blaming the leader, who can of course be blamed <laughs> for things they can do. But if we take responsibility as a people and improve our collective consciousness, we can make the reader change and become much more harmonious and thinking in the right direction. Leon is asking how much fear and desires interfere with karma. Desires are actually the seeds uh, that come from karma. When you desire something, it means there are things within you that push you in a certain direction so that you resolve certain things you have to resolve. That is one aspect of desire. Another aspect of desire is that it's a creative evolutionary power if you desire something, then you might desire to be uh, doing something great. You want desire to achieve things in your life, uh, desire love, desire fullness, desire happiness. And therefore you find the steps to achieve that. And therefore the desire becomes an impulse of creative intelligence that guides you in the right direction or that guides you to work out some karma that you have, that you have come to this life to work out for whatever reason. Now fear is an inherent capacity of uh, feeling things. Sometimes it can be positive. You know, uh, if you're in, in the jungle and you are a little afraid, it's for good reason because you want to hear that if there is some tiger jumping at you or if you are in the streets and you're afraid at night, you know, fear is to protect you, to make you ready to run away. So there are good aspects of fear. But if it becomes out of place 
and becomes anxiety for no reason, then it's a stress, it's a karma, it's a stress that is there in the physiology that needs to be handled so that it doesn't in interfere with the ability to perform things and to do things. And that can be handled either through proper balanced life actions, medications, or ideally uh, through meditating and clearing up the stresses from the nervous system. Rama is asking, uh, do you pay for your easy karma or difficult karma first? It's a good question in the sense that when does karma come back to us? And what we have noticed and experienced and learned even from the Vedic tradition, from Maharshi and, and all our experience is that the more your awareness is settled within, the more you are in tune with yourself and the more pure you are, the faster you feel the effect of karma, in fact. It's like, you know, you have a ball, you throw it on a wall and it comes back to you. So the wall comes back to you. The ball comes back to you. So you throw the ball on the wall <laughs> and the ball comes back to you. Now, if the wall is close to you, when you throw it, it immediately comes back. When it's very far, it might take more time. So this is an important factor also. And whether it's a small karma or a big karma, it works out itself in terms of combination. Sometimes, you know, a big karma can come quickly and other times a small karma. So it's not really the size necessary of the ball that makes a difference. It's really as much as the nearness to this reflective power that brings the karma back. And that reflective power is within us, our own self. Now one can say, well, should I stay far from the wall and therefore, <laughs> and therefore wait for the karmas to come? In this case, the karmas are going to accumulate because they'll find you. <laughs> and then it takes long time to deal with them. It's much better to be near the wall and know exactly what's the effect of what we do, because then it alerts you and you react, oh my God, no, I can't do that. You know, because you see any negative thought and feeling from that level, any action that's negative, immediately you get the results. So it keeps you in track with what's going on in life, keeps you aware of reality, and therefore it's a much more advantageous situation to know exactly the reaction of my karma, what it is going to be when I am deep and close to the ultimate reality, which is where things bounce back to me. More, some more questions, it's a joy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Francesca Pala, I guess. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does karma make you reborn in the very zone or same family forever? No, not at all, not necessary. Karma makes you reborn in the situations that are most appropriate for you to evolve. In fact, we can say that all life is structured for us to evolve. It's mind-boggling how could it be because we are so many billions of people and so many species and trees and all these kinds of things how is it possible that every one of us when they are born actually based on their karma they get the best situations 
to evolve in the situation that is uh, that they find themselves, be it a family, an environment, a country, friends, and all of that, they all come to us as if they are the instruments of nature that help us to work through our karma and to work through our lives and make decisions and solve things and get over them and like that. So there is a very deep association with family because we share this life and, and must have shared huge karma and we can come back in the same family many times, uh, b meet each other until we've solved this thing and we, we've passed it and it's done and now something else comes and then something else comes and we get over this and over that and we grow and grow and grow in awareness and reach enlightenment, reach pure being, reach cosmic consciousness where we are liberated. That's what the term liberation means and self-realization. So self-realization liberates us because now we know the self is absolute and it's not shaken or transformed by the field of karma. And we stay out of this field of the three gunas as is expressed in the Vedic literature, the things that actually work out the karma. We become witness to this. Zay is asking, do we need karma to exist? Very profound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we need some karma actually to exist. So nobody really comes to this life except if it's, uh, you know, divine incarnation or something like that. Uh, if you believe in that, whatever, uh, without having something to work out. It could be something very small for just a uh, small thing and then one is enlightened at the age of two, three, four, five, whatever it could be, it's possible. Uh, but we don't come to this life without something that attaches us to this life. Leo Gonzalez can you influence your karma using your free will to change it? Absolutely, absolutely, exactly that. So you use your free will. It's very, very simple. You just planted a mango tree and then you change your mind because you like apples and mangoes doesn't grow well where you are and time hasn't passed. So you plant, uh, you might leave the mango tree there to enjoy in case something happens, but you plant an apple tree and then you get the apples. So as we said, you have hurt somebody uh, and they're feeling not so good. Instead of them coming back and hurting you and all this imagination of how karma works, you make your free choice by sending them a flowers, uh, sending a nice note, being uh, intelligent about it, and being nice about it and it's done it becomes a positive thing so definitely our free will helps us to overcome karma i think it seems that we have spent time with this webinar have a happy new year and wonderful time it was nice being with all of you through this wonderful technology and we look forward to meet again thank you for tuning into dr tony nader the podcast and if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.